Why, hello there. Welcome back to The Process. I am your host, Sienna Fatrolo, and I'm weirdly amped up right now on anxiety. Uh, just in like a productivity mode, really should be resting, but for some reason I'm getting stuff done. Anyway, it's the new year, and I thought we would do something different this month and interview a chef. As is the case with many of my guests on The Process, this person is not only a chef, but is also a composer and a musician and a band leader, and we're old friends, so if it sounds like we know each other really well in this conversation, that's because we do. If you're new to The Process or you've been listening for a while, I just wanted to kind of go back to the very beginning and think about why I love doing this and why I think it's important. I believe in creativity. I believe in the power of creativity to inspire, to bring meaning to our lives, and to help us understand what the fuck we're doing here um, on this earth. So this podcast is focusing on the process of creativity and basically the nitty gritty stuff behind what all of these creative people do. I think creativity is something that everybody is engaged in at all times. I think living itself is a creative process. So these conversations aren't just for people who are making creative pursuits their life. They're also for everybody because everybody is creating a life and it seems like life itself is the ultimate creative process. So the process podcast is really for everyone and I'm really grateful to all of you for being here. Without further ado, here is my conversation with chef, composer, musician, and all around very cool human, Nika Hendrickson. Can you just describe where you are right now? Because it's a very unique place for this podcast. I'm currently in Vänersborg, Sweden, in my apartment, in my working space right now. Your studio? My studio. In a snowy Sweden because we got a... Oh, snowy? Yeah, we actually got a blizzard, so... So, first things first. What do you think about when you think about the creative process? Just what comes to mind naturally? Like the first thing that pops up into my head is like chaos, like a controlled (laughs) chaos. Like at some point you have control over it. But for the most part, it's like being in the center of like a tornado with all your thoughts and uh, like everything that's thrown at you like that's at least my what's going on in my head like and at some point you like reach out into into the like tornado and you you actually get a hold of one (laughs) creative thought that's like yeah you got something to start with that's so true it's like how but how do you know which one to grab you just no i somehow know just happy to like grab something so <laughs> <laughs> i see so it's more of like a situation where you're just like flailing around and you're like okay yeah <laughs> like it's a more snowflake like a, yeah it's like more trial okay. and error like mm, always try mm. out every like might be a stupid idea but at least you've tried it maybe later you're working on some other project or anything you can be like oh yeah i had this thought like 
or maybe I've written down this or no you just have it like if you've tried it you tried it that's that's the fun part what does being creative look like with food for you to be honest it's actually not that far from being creative like with music and everything else it's like you start with something you just start with like a melody you start with a riff you start with a, a piece of lyrics we can also start with a tomato and end up with a ratatouille uh, <laughs> yes i love it so like a good stock is like a good like bass rhythm Hmm. Wait, so what's the pro so okay, take us into like the kitchen or wherever you guys make these menu decisions. Like what is the thought process? What's the like system that you have? Who is there? I can all always come with ideas and actually have people over me that actually listens to the ideas and be like, <sighs> Oh yeah, that's great. And that's uh, awesome. That is wonderful, like getting the trust to be in that process because the majority of times in like the places it's hard to get that trust because it's such a, such a fragile lucky like, if you set down a menu that's going to be for for us it's like three months mm -hmm. it's like seasonal and then you're going to have that for three months and that's better be good <laughs> the easy part is knowing what's in season and then it's like it's like everything it's like fashion it's like music uh you have to look at what's in right now or what do you want to go after like mm. it's like composing like you compose a song you compose a dish like the, it's the same i know i told you like before i can like fall asleep like looking at doing the best like crouton <laughs> It's like true. videos at that so I, I the way i'm listening to music at right. the same time i'm looking at like recipes and like i get to watch like like 50 like videos about one recipe like how to mm. make the best carbonara which yeah. is like one of the best dishes ever you taught me how to make carbonara and i am not very good at it yet but i do know how to make it because of you <laughs> why do we insist on staying in this tornado of controlled chaos of creativity because we we need to we need this like i'm fully like convinced that if we if we didn't do this if like people like us creative people if you don't if we don't play this game if we don't do this we will we will fall apart like mm. What, what else would we do? No, it's just like... Because it's like the worst drug you can ever have. <laughs> because you found that one moment of like success. I don't, and I don't mean success in like... Uh, in like... What do you call it? Like, it's just success for yourself, like, right. you just, your own achievement. For sure. And you keep chasing that feeling. <laughs> I hate the chase. The chase fucking sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> like, you do it anyway. No, no, it sucks. Like, you have moments where you're like, when you find that puzzle piece, 
that's been bugging you for weeks, months, maybe years, and you finally find that piece, maybe into a song, maybe into a performance, where you're like, oh my god, I could, I can actually use these tools that I have in this way that just makes total sense now. Like, yes. oh my god, I, I didn't know I could use my voice like that. Or I could voice my instrument in that way. And that that puzzle piece is maybe even greater than just having that piece. Uh, I totally like... get that. The moment of the puzzle coming together is greater than the piece itself. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll change that answer to being, yeah, the chase is so much better. Because when you're done, you're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you just have to move on. I like, mean, that's exactly like that's part of why I have chosen to be a musician is because I'm always learning and I'm always growing no matter what happens. Like I'm never like, okay, I've mastered this task or I've yeah. mastered this one skill i'm never a master of anything and that's what's so interesting about it yeah um yeah because i don't think like you never look back like oh i know all of this <laughs> exactly <laughs> when that will never happen no no you'll never look back like oh my god uh i've done this and that and that and that and i achieved this it's like it's always the next thing yeah. Okay. So this brings me to a really important thing that I am constantly wondering. What is rest? Like what's, what is rest as an artist and why is it important? And no, let's just start there. What is it and why is it important? Well, rest, my sense of rest is not, not what you would think like resting be like just sitting down like laying down or just doing something else like rest for me is distance mm. so i can actually rest from music and still be playing music hmm wait explain that <laughs> like if i'm like a big part i was coming right out of uh playing in a band for I think it was like eight years and releasing two records and being in the machine basically like doing all this work trying to stay relevant and stay like in the scene if you mm -hmm. would say mm-hmm so rest for me was like, am I going to give, like, at that point I was like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore because it was draining. I've hit the wall. And then an opportunity came up to like, do you want to play at a wedding and just play like covers and stuff? And I was like, oh my God, that's, that sounds amazing. It was almost like rehab for my brain because I didn't have to think about being the creative guy I didn't have to think that was just a magical <laughs> part like yeah everything was like laid out I had all the puzzle pieces the only thing I had to worry about was like 
the performance mm-hmm. and learning the songs. Yes. I, oh my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. And I tried, I was like, maybe that's what I need to do right now. And mm-hmm. I've did it for like two years up until like the pandemic. And then I was like, so sick of it <laughs> because right. I didn't scratch that itch Yeah. Uh, of like, I'm just performing to the songwriter's credit. Like the ego starts like scratching mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. you being like, you need to go out and like show people that you're as good as these people who wrote written these songs might be egotistical, but at the same time, I don't know if it's like, if I need to show people this or I need to show myself this. I think that's a really interesting question. It's like, okay, first of all, I think it's very brave that you're acknowledging the ego because I often try to just ignore that I have an ego, Mm -hmm. but I definitely have it. And I always like, I want people to love me. I want to like go on stage and have like people clapping, you know, like that's a fun feeling. So I'm, but, I but like that you're acknowledging it. It's good. But as you're saying, like going up and like getting people to like clap and be contributing to the performance, that is, I don't see that as an egotistical hmm. thing. It's more like sharing something. Yeah, right. You're sharing an experience. And it happens to be to your own music that you're written and performing and (laughs) it gives you a buzz. I'm just happy that people are feeling somewhat similar about the music that I am. So maybe it isn't like, maybe it's like a mix of like ego and sharing. Yeah. Speaking of for myself, like this. Sharing is maybe 75% because always when I'm writing, I have this thought process of how is the audience going to react and you can never Mm -hmm. know how the audience is going to react, but it's almost like you're like conducting and like at this point I want like, um, a transition that is like gonna be like amping up until something else and then i want like the audience like feel the same like giving audience energy and then like going into something that like blooms out and like opens up into something and i just want like the people to be like wow or just enjoy it like jump up and down like, just move move your ass like yeah. something just contributing to a feeling Mm, I love and that image of you being a conductor while you're writing a song. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to find a balance because I want to write really long songs. That's <laughs> like really like uh, progressive and being very just experimental. Like you can drift away in it and just be like in the now. Just like a blank canvas for your imagination. And at the same time, I want to write like song that's short and snappy and be like, just get the people moving and just go crazy. So it's like trying to find a balance there. And like, I try to think more about like 
how I construct a song more than what goes into the song. It's just the, the different stages. I, I have an idea. I have like a song, like the structure from the beginning. And then when I have the puzzle pieces, it's more of like going over it. Like this, does this need to be longer? Mm. Does this? And that's also when the distance needs to come in because I've done so many things that I've never planning on releasing when I'm being like, oh, this is like the best thing I've ever written. And then I go back like two weeks later and be like, what the fuck, what, what, what am I doing? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. That has definitely happened to me many times. Uh, yeah. If you make dumb stuff, right? Which everyone does. I We all make dumb stuff. Because yeah. you're saying that we need that. And I actually agree with you. But how do you not get discouraged about the whole process? when you're making dumb stuff? First of all, like surround you with people that you trust and can be mm. stupid around. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. Uh, second of all, I just think we live in, we live in uh, such a modern age where you can just delete stuff if you don't. If, it's like, just True. try it out, be silly, be stupid, and then just press delete. If you don't want it, I've even had like stupid stuff come stupid stuff. That's like ended up on one of the records. <laughs> <laughs> we were like late night recording and, oh my God. And, and it was like few beers in and we were, <laughs> we were tracking bass. Uh-huh. Uh, listen, kids uh, never drink in the track. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, we had an outro oh on on a song, and I was like, well, I can't play. Like, I've already played this in like, is this is like a nine minute long song, uh, instrumental. And I'm like, I can't do this again. I need to do something else mm -hmm. on this outro. And I was like, can I can, can I try it? Like, and it, for those listening, this is like straight like metal stuff uh like thrash metal metallica and stuff like that and i was like can i just do slap here <laughs> oh my God. true i was like really trying to anticipate what you were gonna say and i did not anticipate that yeah. and it worked and you and they doing... didn't either <laughs> oh my God. and they were like well no and i'm like <laughs> i'm like do you even know slap? And I was like, I do like if I could try. <laughs> this is hilarious. I was like, you can just delete it if it right, doesn't right. end up like being anything fruitful. And I was like, well, okay, you have one. <laughs> you have one, one take. <laughs> and I nailed it, and it's on the record, oh so you can hear it. Like, God. it's. Radio Silence is called oh, Radio Silence. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember yeah. that song. All right, we interrupt this program just to real quick show you the slap baseline that Nika is talking about in this story. This is from his band Goddess Cult and their album In the Empire of the Setting Sun.
back to the conversation. It's a good a good album. Like it really is a good hi- album. Hindsight, it's a really good album, and yeah. uh, we went in like shortly after and recorded a second album, mm-hmm. and it was just rushed and uh, mm. yeah. In your chef role, you make money. Yeah. And in your music role, you make less money, I'm assuming. Yeah. How have you kind of dealt with the money aspect of these two roles in your life? Well, I never really put any big, like, weight in getting money. Like, uh, I earn a decent, like, paycheck and happy about that. I'm worked, like for over 10 years to achieve where I'm at today, but I've never been into getting money, like, or having, I never said no to it either. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, just not a uh, huge focus. It's not a huge No, focus. no. Yeah. So it's always been like, I always not been the one that's been at my like employer and that's like, I, I need a better, like, race and all that because i know i'm always gonna be there asking if i can have like time off because i need to go record stuff or Mm -hmm. if i need to like go and see a show or a concert or anything or if i'm just gonna need like time off because i need to go and practice because we have a show or like something coming up. So it's always been like knowing what I'm worth and getting that. But other than that, I've more value in like my free time. I'm just kind of sitting here amazed though, because you have two really creative things that you're doing and you're saying that you're comfortable. You're very comfortable financially yeah that's unusual maybe not in sweden but it's unusual in the u.s so is it how (laughs) no how do you do it i've always been just honest with like it's been a lot of trial and error it's been right you said you've been going for 10 years so it's a lot of yeah yeah and it's i've been to a lot of places that haven't really been that well paid and Mm -hmm. i worked my ass off for for just like getting nothing back and mm-hmm. <sighs> because I'm like very stupid in that sense or I have a different work ethic where even, even if you're gonna pay me bad like I'm gonna like work my ass off because I I have like a pride and that's right. a lot of time gone to bite me in the ass. Right. Because I've given more than I've been receiving. But now finally, since one year back, I've been working at this wonderful place where it almost checks out all the like boxes. I get to be creative. I make a decent salary. Like the, even the hours ain't that bad and people who care. And we always like, uh, at the place I am right now, we always call it like, we're like a pirate ship. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's so cute. 
Oh, it's interesting because I feel like um, generally society does not value. I'm talking about U.S. society, so it might be different in Sweden, and maybe you can speak to that. Um, does not yeah. value art, even though art is so obviously necessary for the survival of our culture and species. But in terms of like finances and business, it does not value art. Is that like a hindrance to you in Sweden, or is it different in Sweden? No, I don't think so. I don't think really in Sweden the financial part is a question because we have a lot of support here in Sweden. What is the support system like in Sweden? Like how how can how can it be more supported? I've grown up and all I've known this through all my life and it's just mm -hmm. been something that that I haven't questioned or been really grateful about to mm. be honest. Like you've just taken it for granted. Oh, so much. Hmm. Uh, because we have like this uh, society in Sweden. It's, it is government based. Where you can go and they'll actually help you with practice spaces. And it can actually be practice spaces that is uh, with instruments. Wow. So you don't even have, have to have your own instrument and they offer music lessons music like, lessons yeah and it's like wow. um, uh, they have music circles where they like um you sit down and like play music with people and wow wait so do you have to apply for these or you just go and you ask and you receive uh you just go and ask uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, god. And that, 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 I think that's, that's actually what uh, brings people to do it more here in Sweden. For sure. Uh, and you get can get like help getting getting out or getting gigs. Uh, they help you with like I think you have like ten hours of studio time that you get. What you get studio time? Yeah. Government. Okay, everyone, let's just say this again. Government funded studio time. Yeah. Exists in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what? It is crazy. And they actually helped us like in 2016, like ask us, do you want to go and record in like Gothenburg for your Americans? It's the second largest city in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, like 45 minutes from where I live. And we're like, do you want to go there and record? We're like, yeah. Do you want to go there and record on uh, Queen's old mixing table? Oh my and we're God. like, are you fucking kidding me? Is this like, <laughs> who's they here? Who's? Uh, it's like the, yeah, the community. Like, uh, like the, the government, the government, we would call it like a government agency or government department. Oh yeah, it's good. Like an agency, yeah. And they just invited you to just casually play on Queen's old mixing table? Yeah, because uh, there's <laughs> oh a studio in Gothenburg that actually bought it up from like that, like a studio in Switzerland. So we're like, do we want to go there for two days and record? I'm like, well, I have to think about it. No, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they paid for it, like everything. Oh my fucking God. Uh, and oh it was awesome. What? What? Wow. So 
So how is this possible? It's like Sweden is more socialist than not. Is that how it's possible? So there's just like a lot more taxes. Like, I don't get it. I honestly have, can't even comprehend. Yeah, I don't know how much taxes there is in the US, but in Sweden we pay around like 33% tax. That's exactly the same as we do. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? What the fuck? Yeah. How? how? Why are we not doing this everywhere? I don't understand. Because we have another economic reform. Like, I don't know if you have it in the US, but we have like a culture minister. Really? Yeah. We definitely do not have that. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything close to that. We have a Department of Education. Yeah. That's But Department of Education is only focused on like public schools and that's it pretty much. Yeah. And they're not focused we, on culture. Wow. We have a Department of Culture in, here in Sweden that actually, they fund a lot of stuff like uh, they help fund like concerts and get like, because some like venues here in Sweden is government based. Interesting. So we have, I'm trying to think of like the equivalent in the US. I think the equivalent in the US are nonprofit organizations. Yeah. that have to apply for funding from the government and then you have to apply for funding from them and then you'll get a grant maybe or you know what I mean like it's a much more yeah. roundabout system and the nonprofits have each have their own organizing boards so it's all yeah. really disorganized and decentralized and confusing and yeah. not accessible. It makes it makes the money very inaccessible for the ordinary musician. Um, it so like it's it fascinating very, to hear about this. Yeah, it feels like it would be like very discouraged. Exactly. Yeah. To do it, like, but the thing is, if you do like we call it a circle, you have to achieve a few things to actually get granted. So if you set up like goals, like you need to record and need to like, mm. I think you have to practice at least three times a week. Interesting. Okay. So we have these forms we have to fill out. Like, yeah, we went and practice this date and date, date, date. And, uh, and if we do, if we don't do that, we're going to, gonna lose all like the support right so, so it's like it's, but it's, it's, yeah. it's a give and take it's a give and take but it's not like so in when we're applying for grants in the u.s what happens is we write them essays and we send in our work and it's all merit-based it's all it's not even just merit-based it's based on yeah. your skills and it's also based on the subjectivity of whoever happens to be reading your application but this sounds much more logistical it's like have you done the logistical work that you need to do yes okay you can get the support it's less like are you doing work that we like if yeah. so you get the support it's not that which is very very different that's so weird it's isn't it weird it's yeah. weird right i think we need to all understand how weird it is like and when you're in the u.s you don't have any sense that like there's anything besides this this is just yeah. all we know as artists in the u.s it feels like you have to excuse me but it feels like you have it but it's made in a way that people aren't going to <laughs> apply for it like you just make it so hard we do have it i think we have it but the the barriers are higher yeah, the access barriers are a lot higher. Yeah. And I think the other issue with it is that 
the I mean, there's a lot of organizations now that are counteracting this, but like there's so much more room for bias and racism and like sexism to come in because there's just someone who has all their biases in their head reading your application. Oh, yeah. And it's all about like you as a person and your work as it's, you know, it's not, I don't know. There's more room for, for subjectivity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And here it's just like, they don't even care what your name is, what your like color is or what your culture background is. It's just like, you want to play music it doesn't look it doesn't even have to be with like music you can have uh, if you do pottery or <laughs> right or, like it could be anything like hmm. learning a language uh just like a lot of different ways they can uh, support you i think that's why the main reasons why sweden is one of the leading like nations when it comes to music like hmm. if if you look at how many like artists that comes from sweden and producers is... and oh yeah just the whole industry is full of swedes <laughs> yeah we infiltrated <laughs> every part of the no, yeah but yeah but it, it is actually amazing can bet your butt on like the some way or another they have come from like this support if they're like like just having a practice space from them or anything and it could like just getting kids off the street like having problems like kids like running around like doing all sorts of stuff that they shouldn't be doing and if they could have easily more access to being creative and putting their mind to something maybe society would be a little better i don't know that's just from my point of view of being a musician do you feel like if you didn't have music you would have been running around doing things you shouldn't have been oh for sure (laughs) oh but i'm just been a problem since day one really (laughs) (laughs) do you want to talk about being sober and like what that means to you I want to, and I feel like I have a uh, obligation to actually okay. talk about it. So, so let's. Yeah. I'm gonna formulate a question that's not just me being like, "Do you want to talk about being sober?" How <laughs> <laughs> um, was it being a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So I know you recently got sober, and now you are sober, and I'm really. I want to. I know it's really important to you, so I would love to hear more about what that means to you and what that process was like the process of it was basically taking a responsibility like like the foundation of it was taking responsibility of my actions and my health uh, being responsible how I am around people and keeping myself healthy and being the best version I could be. It came to a point where it wasn't <laughs> manageable. It's weird way of putting it, but uh, I very much hit rock bottom and uh, 
it's been a long way getting back and being open about it. That's been one of the best things and one of the hardest things about it mm. because it comes with so much stigma. Because when you think about someone that has like a drinking problem or being a, an alcoholic, it's everybody has this picture of like a really like broken person mm. and I, wa I was that broken person mm. uh, just that it wasn't my own like on my inside like I've fooled everybody mm. nobody was suspecting anything while I was consuming a large amount of alcohol to mm. put it that way <laughs> every day all day and uh for maybe this last six months i wasn't sober for a single day up on the point to having such health problems that fortunately could be reversible mm -hmm. and today i'm 100 100 healthy and uh, yay that's amazing. But it was at that point where they were like, if this would have kept going, uh, you maybe wouldn't like sit here in a few months. Like, wow. It, it was that severe and it, it is a wake up call. Maybe not for everybody, but for me, it was a defining moment. Like it's time to take responsibility for myself mm. and telling yourself that you deserve better like, because you're in such a dark spot when you're like saying you think you totally know about like you're having a problem like that it's not like denial anymore <laughs> right but it's more like uh why should i get sober uh why should i stop this i'm already at this low point why why is there a point of like doing a thing about it yeah i mean what what did get you to that point where you were like yeah this is worth recovering from i had a whole night of not drinking because i didn't have anything that's like really hard like saying like because that is just but it was that bad. And right, that was the reality, yeah. And I was standing with my coat on and it was like 30 minutes until like the liquor store was gonna open. And mm -hmm. I was like, I had such withdrawals that I was like shaking and I like, my heart was racing. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like either I go and buy that bottle and the shaking will stop or I go to the hospital and mm. shake myself in and wow. do this for real and be like, this. Ha I was like, this has to end. And I'm like the best decision I ever made in my life was 
that morning, 9.30, being like, yeah, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to get clean. And I'm putting putting myself into rehab. And I did that. And since then, I've just had this determination. And I'm grateful. I don't take it for granted that I have this force within me that's saying, like, keep going, keep going. Because I know and being in rehab and meeting all these other unfortunate people that have their demons uh, has yeah. put a perspective on it. Like, and mm. I'm like, I'm not going to end up here again. Like, I can't end up here again. This yeah. can't happen. Yeah. So I've gone to my meetings, which everything has been like optional they didn't force me but i was like we can offer you this and i was like everything they offered i told them yeah i'm gonna go yeah like even now like a year later i've been thinking like maybe going just Mm to it's just good like sometimes you just need to hear about people to remind yourself like where you are what you've been thankful for yeah where you could where you could have been like just to have a conversation with people they feel the same way right so i've been meeting with them and we're going through a lot of things and uh, as one point i had like three or four like meetings a week oh my gosh uh a top of work and the top of like trying to write music like even though music kind of got her got on pause because i had to make sure i i was like okay before i do anything else and for sure so I put down the work. I put down my hours, and in right, the end, right. I'm doing this for me and for nobody sure. else. For sure, you have to make sure you are okay. Yeah. I, I just want to pause and just like <laughs> say how grateful I am that you are open to sharing this. This is yeah, really hard stuff, and um, I think it takes a lot of courage to share it, and also just self assuredness to share yeah. um thank you yeah for sure and it it is hard but it's hard to keep everything in and that's just wanna i just wanna like say if anybody like needs to hear it it's like it's okay to share it's really cool to be open <laughs> <laughs> do have you been pleasantly surprised by people's reactions when you talk about it yeah it's actually been a really eye opener mm. uh, talking to people and I'm not trying to preach or anything because everybody does. And it, it's your relationship. What do you have to your substances? It isn't the amount you drink or anything. It's what you use it for. Mm, right. But at the same time, I'm going to say like, don't be afraid to talk to anybody like because all i've been met with with this year of talking to people like my friends my family i've been so fortunate to just get support back that's like the best gift ever Mm -hmm. and uh, i don't think i would be sitting here today if it weren't for them Wow. And there's always someone out there 
like willing to listen there's a lot of like good hotlines that you can that you can call i'll put one i'll put one in the um show description so that if anyone needs a number i'll put a number there yeah yeah and to be honest like being sober fucking rocks (laughs) (laughs) i love it and that's me and i don't put i don't put down anybody who wants to drink because that's what they want to do like who am i to judge like right for sure for sure you said that you had so much support from your family and coworkers and friends and i'm curious like if someone has a loved one who's going through an addiction do you have any advice for that person what was the most helpful for you? Not being pushed. Mm. And I've actually given this advice to people who's been wanting to confront someone that they know have an addiction. And uh, I always tell them, don't push them. Don't be forward. You can always ask if they need help or but it doesn't come quickly and especially with someone that's maybe is deep in addiction and you confront them if you go really aggressive like you need to stop this it's like you're probably gonna get the same reaction back with like being aggressive or right it's a delicate process uh, it opens up a lot of emotions hmm. so you just have patience and uh, be there you might not always be there pre- to prevent it but you can always be there when they need you the most oh yeah that's super important thanks for that for the ones who are in recovery or looking for recovery be open because that's 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 just how you're gonna get the furthest it worked for me so if you're open and tell people how you're working and how you're feeling and what made you drink and or any substance at all uh, if people know that they're gonna know in a way like if you're gonna relapse Mm. or they gonna know beforehand which situations that's gonna put you in a relapse right so you're saying if you're open you're almost taking care of yourself more because you're letting other people take care of you yeah you have to trust people that you can't do anything you can't do everything by yourself and that that was my big problem right it sounds like from what you were saying, like you were, you kind of had a mask on, like a mask of being okay. And then behind that, you were just completely not okay. Oh yeah, totally. Hmm. That's why like nobody could tell anything like that. I was drinking because I had such a, I put up a charade of like yeah. being like, I'm okay. Like this is going fine. And then like on the inside, I was broken in so many pieces. It started out like uh have one to like help me sleep right and then then it's two then it's three and then you're then it's too much 
Yeah. And you think you can, con- you think you control it until it actually controls you instead. And that right. that is the scary part. Yeah, that is sounds really scary. Oh man, it's interesting like talking about this because I feel like it's reminding me a lot of mental illness of my experiences. It is in a way and like, because for my part, it was self-medication. Right. So I don't think it is a mental illness, but I think it's rooted in mental illness. Right, right. You're medicating. Yeah. Yeah, because I was deeply depressed. I was like an anxiety and of all what comes with that. I know, uh, fuck anxiety. Well, we're trying to make peace with our anxiety. So yeah. Yay, anxiety. Yeah. Is it better? I always like when I start like acknowledging the anxiety, it got mm-hmm. better. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and I think I told you this before. It's like knowing it's there. It's like, yeah, it's like we can hang out. Just right. Just, just don't bug me. Like, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. You're there. <laughs> right, exactly. And instead of like, so. What I often do still is I go out into the world and I'm like, okay, I'm out in the world. No one can know what's really going on inside me because it's so yeah. gross. So I need to like act really happy and really excited and really confident and then no yeah. one will know. But it feels terrible because then there's yeah. such a disconnect between how I'm acting and how I actually feel. And it sounds like a big part of recovery for you from what you're saying has been like yeah. integrating what's on the outside with what's actually on the inside. Yeah. Like neither of those parts have take over the other. Like it, it right. has to work together. And sometimes you have to like, like sometimes you have to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, go out and be happy. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm actually <laughs> naturally happy. Right. Like actually I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, and sometimes you just have to like accept like no I need to be like a potato today. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. that's been a lot for me to like because I've always been the one that's been like yes 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 I say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. I like yeah we can like we can practice there yeah we can hang out today we can do this and we can that we can everything like i've always been the guy who says like yeah let's go right and that goes up to a point when you're like so drained and you don't know why and you're thinking like oh i'm so depressed and maybe it's just because you're not resting Mm. okay so something that helps me stay balanced is setting boundaries with people do you have any advice on how to do it how I'll be just like just setting my foot down. No, mm. no, that sounds really <laughs> aggressive, but no, but but maybe not like setting my yeah, foot down. Yeah, maybe it's not. Like, I think it's I not think to anybody it's... else, but to myself. Like, oh. no, no, you need rest. Like, oh shit, to yourself. Yeah, it's like. It's 
revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't even, it does not compute. <laughs> revolutionary, boundaries for yourself. <laughs> Wait, so what does that look like in your life? Like in your daily life? Setting, putting your foot down with yourself. Mainly like when I've been like, have practice scheduled and maybe I had like a long week with work or just being mentally drained because of other stuff or because you're living <laughs> then I've been like just have to be like no you have to rest I value like every moment of meeting with like three other guys in a room and just go at it with music but at the same time it's been like a conversation with myself like do you need this right now mm. even if you go and practice right now you're so drained are you gonna get anything out of this why are you going there uh, because i want to make music but you're tired are you gonna be able to make music like no well maybe <laughs> no. you should stay home right and just rest so you can come back with like full force hmm. next time so it's more being more economical with your with your like energy and time it's almost like a like an athlete like oh i hurt my foot like yeah right. but you're like really stressing to get back to like practice so you can like play football or anything or soccer as you say it <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out if you <laughs> <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of like it though. but yeah uh, and you come back like like the doctor says like you need six weeks and you right. come back after two weeks and you hurt yourself again right and it's just complete bogus and you can't play for a year maybe or yeah rest it's just as a tool in like your music process like writing process or anything right and also knowledge of yourself because if you can't yeah. tell what you need which even that part is actually really hard to do is oh, even yeah. just knowing what you need like checking in with yourself that's something i'm still working on yeah it's the same. I had vacation now for two weeks and I was like, I'm going to finish writing two songs. Oh, classic. I haven't yeah. even sat down. Because <laughs> you needed a and... vacation. Yeah. Sometimes your body needs to be pushed out to go to practice. Right. Because maybe it's as we like first spoke of, it's like, Maybe need that push right. to, get, to get the energy. Sometimes you have to give energy to get the energy. Like, right, right, right. Like, yeah, you can't just sit in your house and expect to... Well, no. maybe you can, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I actually pushed... I actually have pushed myself to go out and practice. And I've come back and been like, wow. I can't imagine I almost missed this. Mm. So I, I don't really have a straight answer either. It's like... Right. I don't think anyone does. I think yeah. it's just all... It's like, what going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, it's like the trial and error thing. I mean, trial and error gets such a bad rep, but yeah. it's really... It's really helpful. Yeah. 
Um, okay, I have a last question. Yep. So a young aspiring artist comes up to you. An artist can mean anything. Like in my mind, an artist is anybody who does creative stuff. So a chef is an yeah. artist, a musician is an artist, a teacher is an artist, anybody who does creative things. A young person comes up to you and they're like, what advice do you have? What would you give? What would you say? Just have fun. So many years from like worrying about getting record deals and the next gig or is is this the right move? Is uh, am I doing this right? You kind of forget about just going out there and just having fun because that's that's why you started doing this. You didn't start. Maybe some people start with because they want to make a lot of money. <laughs> then, then go be a producer. I know. I was gonna say you're you're in the wrong business, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go into banking. Or... Yeah. No, but I yeah. think like every like if you start out really young, like in your teens or even younger than that, like you don't think about the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Either you're thinking about standing on that stage or you're thinking about recording an album or anything. That just comes along. But if you're happy and that shows in your music, in your performance, in your songwriting, everybody else is going to enjoy it. Or you're just going to have a few years when you have the greatest fucking time of your life. <laughs> And also, like, coming back to music and, like, food, you making carbonara and it's... And you keep failing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. No, but not The first getting... time it definitely got... It was scrambled eggs the first time, and then it was... It's just been a whole process. Yeah. But it's the same time you make a song, and... And it's just scrambled eggs. And what do you do? You like yeah. you, f- you throw that song out and you start from the beginning. Use the same ingredients. Use the same beat. And just it's the time we're coming back to trial and error of like just because it fails at one point, you can. It's not defining. It's not. It doesn't define you of like being a failure. It's very uh, resilient of you to say. Yeah, you don't start from the beginning. You're just taking like a step back. Mm. Distance again. And I know from my own experience, uh, the best times I've ever had with music and creative and even being a chef is when I like turn off and just don't think and just enjoy it. And so can true. just lean into it. So you just enjoy it for what it is. I love not it. From, not for what you want to achieve. Enjoy it for what it is, not for what you want to achieve. Let's end there. I think that's a perfect place to end. It really means a lot to me that that you were willing to get together and talk about all these random philosophical things. Thank you especially for being so honest about the sobriety thing. I think that's really important for people to hear. Thank you. I really appreciate to be here. And it actually, like, even the dark stuff feels amazing. To talk about, and just people should do this more often. Right? Well, I'm trying. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to be a podcast, yeah. No, it's actually been like, thank you. 
it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much again for joining me and the process community for this hour of gorgeous conversation. If you want to support the process, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Sienna process and you can pledge anywhere from $5 to however much you want. You can subscribe there for exclusive behind the scenes content and extra episodes that don't get released to the general public. It's so reasonable and it is absolutely necessary for me to produce this podcast. So to my current patrons, I am eternally grateful. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Nikia, check out the show notes and we will see you next month on The Process. Bye friends. Sending hugs. process is presented by rochester groovecast this podcast is edited by jessica Liu and sienna facciolo produced by sienna facciolo our theme music is written and performed by sienna facciolo chris palace and jordan rabinowitz featuring sally louise on guitar mixed by chris palace mastered by jet galindo